Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. And I'm Darren. And today we're going to be talking about a movie called Yellow Brick Road. I'm just going to say, I don't like this movie. I I really debated whether or not I wanted to make an episode about this because I don't want to beat up on an indie movie, but I don't like it. And I'm going to find it very hard to make it sound like I do or that I'm even mediocre to it because I just I really didn't like it. I wanted to. I wanted to. Uh, But you were very much saying this is this should be a Gaps episode. This kind of movie definitely has some issues and i do like it so we can balance each other i guess well i'm kind of counting on that (laughs) otherwise it's just going to turn into a force awakens and we don't (laughs) want that again the thing is yeah it's just it's not great but it's one of those where it seems the people who like it love it and everybody else seems to be a bit mediocre to to bad and typically the scores are not great on the aggregates right we've got IMDb at 4.7, Rotten Tomato, the critics were at 50%, but the audience was 30%. Oh, really? And that's with 2,000 people chiming in. Metacritic, it was like 52 of the critics and 4.4 with the users, but there are only like 11 total reviews in there. I think that's one of those things that people didn't go back to review or maybe just haven't picked this movie up since it is from 2010. Yeah, I'd never heard of it. This was actually suggested to me by one of our regulars. Which is why, again, I don't really want to bash on it. I think that people who love it, I want them to be able to love it. But if I'm going to talk about it, I'm going to be honest about it. As far as actors, the only one I knew is uh, Casty Freeman. And I only really know... Who who is she? uh, She was Aaron, one of the MAPS people. Ah, okay. And I only really know her because she did a short film for someone I know called Razor Sharp. And I, I think it's actually one of her earliest entries on IMDb. And that's quite good. And I do like her. I do like her in this. But overall, that, that's not enough to save the movie for me. <laughs> there is a problem, too, for me where this movie isn't quite bad enough to be enjoyably bad. And there are a couple of moments. But overall, it's not. It's okay but for me and i've watched it twice now it does drag on a bit and it does not come to a good conclusion for me i think it doesn't come to a good conclusion for anyone i think it's very much a movie full of mystery boxes and we know how i feel about that i'm just not a big fan it doesn't work for me in this case i was getting a big kind of lost vibe from it as well but this is why you had sent me a message and asked me what I thought of it because I said I was watching it at the time. And I said, it all depends on how it ends, right? Because a good ending could have made this work, but it didn't. So there we are. Yellow Brick Road, personally, I'm not going to recommend it. I would. I liked it. (laughs) All right. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, This is definitely a low-budget movie. It's written and directed by the same people. I believe it's Jesse Holland and Andy Mitten. And if you are at all interested in this it is roughly as we were told at the very beginning so this is not a spoiler you're given this in text in 1940 the entire population of a small town called friar new hampshire walked into a trail in the wilderness some were found frozen to death some were found slaughtered but most were never found and there's an audio clip of the lone survivor 
talking. And that's pretty much, you know, the first minute to two minutes of the movie. And that's pretty much where I'll probably say we're going to start getting to some spoilers. So if that, uh, well, it's not really about that. It's about the people who try to find out the truth behind that. Yeah, they, they, they find out where the trail actually is and then they decide, like, let's follow them. So that's what the movie is really about. If that interests you, give it a try. There is a good chance that you're going to like it because there are people who absolutely love this movie. I'm just not one of them. All right. So that's it. There's your warning. We are going into the spoiler section now. Ding. Here we are in the spoiler section. I... Ugh. <laughs> All right. So I've written my typical set of notes where I've gone through... Kind of minute by minute. Not quite that bad, <laughs> but I've only got three pages on this one. But it feels like more than I really want to do. I will try to maybe rush through quickly. But so stop me at any point if, <laughs> if I get to something you want to say. Let's talk about the actual first scene because I, I don't really want to harp too much on the text at the beginning because I personally I don't think it was necessary. I think there are better ways they could have actually incorporated that into the movie because if you missed that first 30 seconds and you didn't read that text you'd be kind of clueless as to what's going on for like the first 10 to 20 minutes of the movie and you might not even really understand throughout i think that's a real problem to put that much weight onto the opening crawl but the first actual scene of the movie is a man walking into, I guess, a cinema. It doesn't really look like a cinema. It's the same. It, to me, it's the same set as later on. They've just reused it and. But something like, about it, it looks weird. It's way too bright. There's too many windows. It looks more like a hospital corridor or a school hallway or something. It's just very weird. I think it's supposed to be some kind of government, old government building. And he gets some plans or he gets like that, that dossier. Or right. Stuff. And so that's the weird thing. So this is essentially, I guess, the main character, though this is very much a, a group movie from for the most part. <laughs> when, I, when I wrote down, I did my stupid thing again. I was like, is that Shane from The Walking Dead? <laughs> no, I... It's not. It's I not. Will, it's I not. will give you this one a bit more than... Some of your others. But he walks in. He says, am I the only one here? The response, no, sir. I'm also here. Ted, he says, I'm not too late, am I? The response is, we close in two minutes. And he's talking into what looks like a ticket booth. But the window is completely widened over. You can barely see the guy inside. It's almost opaque. And basically... Teddy's expecting so sort of bad response, but like you said, he's given this complete case file, dossier, whatever. And um, the man in the booth says apologies to you and your wife for all the aggravation, which we have no idea what he's talking about. I think they're talking about all the hate mail they've been getting. Yeah, and probably the runaround. But the thing is, we just got here. Exactly. <laughs> I think there's something to that as far as building a bit of backstory and that can work very well but it seems so inconsequential in this movie that it's not really brought up it's not really covered a lot so i don't know i I just kind of feel it's a bit unnecessary and then the man says enjoy your picture show already at this point time one i was a bit confused what's going on already 
And if this was a much more surreal film, as far as throughout the entire thing, say a Cronenberg film, or even a David Lynch film, this scene would be very fitting. It would go into that. But here, where everything starts to become normal for the, I don't know, next 40 minutes, it feels very out of place and very jarring. Maybe that's what they wanted, but personally, like having watched it twice, the second time it felt even worse because it just feels like it's being set up for the ending. Yeah, and, I can see that. And it, and it makes no sense because this is, from my interpretation, this should feel like the real world, but it doesn't. Yes, I, I, I totally agree. To, to, to me, after having, when I was in the beginning and I was watching it, I, I, ro- I rolled with it and I was like, okay, it's like a Lynch kind of thing. Okay, fair enough. But then when you get to the end, it almost feels like both of... I, People people say that the ending feels tacked on, and I agree. It's a big disappointment for me. You, you could do without the ending completely. And the beginning, though, as well, after seeing the end, it's like, oh, that's why you did that weird beginning. Like, just get rid of both of them. Like, I don't think they're necessary, almost. I would agree. But I think... Or done in a, dif- in a different way. I think an ending would be necessary, though. Okay, I, 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 mean, I, I think you couldn't just end it without that. I think there does need to be something, but... We'll get, we'll, to that. we'll get to that, Dan. <laughs> yeah, definitely. All right. So let's jump into the actual movie. Yeah. <laughs> let's well, ignore that for now. So the weirdest ever suiting up part. That, no, that well, let, I'm not, we're weird. not to the suiting up yet. We need to get to the weird bit at the very beginning where it's just Walter, Teddy, and Melissa. Oh, at the table. Yeah. So yeah. there they are in somebody's living room. Yeah. And basically Walter is commenting something about yeah you know they say those who can't teach but that's not necessarily true because i think he's a teacher yeah but apparently teddy is gonna have to suffer by actually becoming a teacher to make a living or something like they're making it sound like it's the worst thing in the world it's the end of the world yeah becoming a teacher and he goes well what if we don't have to what if we could write the book and oh you've got the information and this totally just absolutely baffles me as though there's only one topic in the entire world that they could write a book on i took it like they'd been following this mystery for years it was kind of high in their priority list that's all that i took away from that i could understand that and i could also understand if this was his one obsession but they've commented other parts in the movie about other encounters they had in writing other books so it just seems very I don't know, kind of stupid to me that... Contrived, even. That he needs to go get this other job because this one book he wanted to do wouldn't work. Well, it's his whale, isn't it, I guess? That's, that's... I can understand that, but at the same time, it just feels completely unnecessary. Why bother going through this, ooh, I was going to be a teacher, but now I'm not? Because it's not important. You're just wasting our time and confusing us. We don't even know who these people are yet. We don't know what's going on. If there had been a scene before the surreal cinema where he's lamenting the fact that he's going to have to give up, that it's too late, but he gets this one hopeful call and he shows up and he gets it, maybe. All right, so let's talk. I labeled the next section pre-hike, okay? So this is getting ready. And you have some problem with this. I have a lot of problem with this. It was weird, man. It just felt weird, like out of place weird. I think I know what they're trying to do. I think that what they're desperately trying to do with this... Okay, so just before we get to that, there are a bunch of angry voicemail messages that we have to hear 
as they're looking at maps or something. So they're kind of getting ready. There is a scene on the couch with Teddy and Melissa. Walter's asleep in the corner. Creepily. I think they just live together. Right, okay. I'm assuming that because he's just always there. Yeah. Well, in both scenes we've seen. Yeah. But there's this, I love you, I love you more, that just felt so passionless. <laughs> it's cringeworthy, man, yeah. I don't know if that's what they were going for. I don't, I don't know think if... so. Okay. <laughs> I hope it's not. hard to tell. Yeah. And that's a big part of my problem with this entire movie is I don't really care about these characters. And that's a tough, tough thing to say because I can't say what would make it better. I can't say really where they went wrong. This is something that I've never quite been able to grasp. What makes some movies I care so much about the character within seconds and some I never seem to? And it seems that lately I've run through a long string of watching movies where most of them I feel like the characters aren't developed well and I don't really care about them. And so this is just, even though it's from 2010, it's from a long time ago, it's still hitting me in this long string of, yeah, I don't care about these characters. And I think they're trying, though. They're trying to use the tropes and the gimmicks that should work but don't. This scene where they're introducing themselves around the table, this is our scene where we are supposed to find out their names, what their jobs are, and learn a little bit about their character. But as I put in my notes, do we? Because the first time, it took me forever to realize who was who by name. So just saying it quickly wasn't enough. Saying their jobs kind of worked. At least I understood that they were prepared. They yeah. had a, I guess, a, like a forest ranger. Uh, maybe we should go through the, the people as, as they're introduced. Melissa introduces herself first. I'm the co-author. I'm going to take the point in the field, which I guess means she's in charge. Yeah. Sai is a ranger for the forestry service. He says something along the lines of, you'd probably expect that I've been forced to do this. You'd probably expect that I've been forced to do this, but actually I want to go. I'm curious. But he's from the town as well. That's that's the, He's the guide that they, the town has supplied them. Possibly. I don't know if it's from and I think the that, town or just nearby. I think that's important. Next, we're introduced to Daryl and Aaron. This is... The maps guys. Yeah, where he goes, I'm maps. And she goes, yeah, well, I'm maps. We, we're maps. We maps. <laughs> we're working together. Uh, maps is a weird way to say it. I'm assuming cartographers, but maybe maps is an easier term for layman. Sure. The thing is here, these two, I think are probably, for me, the best in the movie. And they're also the two that I feel like they, they get the closest to actually having characters and something interesting. And that brief interaction there is about the best one I get at this table at this time. They're also, incidentally, producers on the film. So, Oh, are they? Yeah. And they're brother and sister in the movie and brother and sister in real life. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's a point where at one of the evenings where they're doing some sort of clappy hand thing very yeah. fast is probably something that they did growing up. Ah, okay, okay. That's interesting. But I think that that's part of why that works. But to be honest, 
I didn't realize they're brother and sister for a very long time. I thought in the movie that they were. I thought they were married or something. Yeah, I did too. I think I didn't catch that until towards the their end of the first movie or maybe like the second time through. So uh. I don't think that that was established very clearly. The fact that they have the same last name doesn't help. I mean, yeah. that that could be for marriage or brother or sister, but it didn't even dawn on me that they it didn't. were anything else. I thought, they the were, I thought they were a couple for sure, 100%. He kind of sets himself up as the comedic jerk, kind of saying bad jokes all the time, which doesn't always work for me, but at least it gives him some character. It gives him something, which rather, I feel like a lot of the others are missing. Rather than just his sunglasses hanging off his face, like, put your sunglasses on, man. Jesus. <laughs> and, and that's what I put in my notes. I just said, but he's the only interesting character. I mean, yeah, yeah. by comparison. There is Jill, the intern. I don't know why they have an intern, but okay. I mean, the thing is, maybe they just hired her, which would make a lot of sense, considering how little they seem to know her. But apparently she has a med kit and training to go with it. So at least they have a pseudo, not really a doctor, but somebody who's trained in first aid, though really the forest ranger would be as well. I'm sure. There is... Walter, who teaches behavioral psychology, and he's going to do these tests on the camera, and I've got a whole thing about him. So we're, we're going to save him for just a moment. <laughs> he's for dessert. And then Teddy introduces himself. Then there's a weird thing where they get pancakes with these kind of grapes on the side, which seems weird to me. Maybe it's a New Hampshire thing. I think it's an allusion to the berries later on. Maybe. But there's also... The sound of broken glass. Bad berries. There, there's a sound of broken glass and shock. And then that scene just ends. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, when I wrote it down, I was like... <laughs> Did somebody just break a glass and they thought, ooh, we'll use it. Kind of what the kids were saying in Super 8. Like, production value. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> production value, yeah. yeah. It, uh, that whole scene was weird to me. Right up until they're suiting up and getting on the truck, that whole thing was just just bizarre to me it's felt so out of place it's designed to let us know it is often used in this kind of exploration movie or any kind of thing i mean they do it in aliens like you know when they're introducing themselves you know they would do it in you know crime movies as well when you're putting the team together introducing each other yeah but i mean just it felt the cinema even like i wrote down the cinematography moments uh were just odd to me it, it, their choices of shots and how they shot them were just strange that's all like they're just weird and i don't know if it's because like a lot of this team like the guys the the the, the directors and that they have a really big background in plays and i think all their actors are heavy into plays as well and actually they were working on wicked of all things so to do to go to take someone out of wicked and put them in yellow road is kind of weird um but yeah, I don't know if maybe their 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 background in, in specializing in plays has something to do with it. But yeah, it just it didn't seem to translate for me, the, the, this whole opening thing. I like everything else all onwards from this, but yeah, the opening scene was just bizarre. Let's talk about Walter, because I want to get this out of the way, because I don't wanna I don't wanna belabor this over and over and over again. Okay. Walter's only task in this movie, mechanics wise, seems to be to record these videos. He records videos of people and he kind of quizzes them in a weird way. And I think for the most part, what they're trying to do is show character development and show 
where the characters are mentally throughout the journey. But I feel like these video segments fail on both attempts. There's only one video where this seems to work, and that's where Teddy breaks down later. Otherwise, it's just the most, I don't know, I'm not a psychologist, but it seems like such psychobabble to me that I don't understand what they could possibly be getting from it. I mean, it would have made sense if they'd actually shown more of the Teddy stuff, but they just seem to be normal from the videos. The only purpose that they really serve is to show Teddy breaking, having that the kind of breakdown, and then the what happens to Walter at the end. But every time, it's just like, I was expecting, yeah, a progression of, into madness. But we didn't get that at all. Most people happen. we only got, I think, did we only get one video from everyone? I think so. And that's where they really fell short. You could have done one video normal at the beginning and kept going with, the individual people in parallel with the Teddy videos if you want to show Teddy getting worse and worse. But we didn't get that. Yeah. So and even when he breaks out, he doesn't seem that bad. But I, I guess yeah. I guess we'll get to that at the time. But I just feel like this is a waste of my time. It's a good excuse to have some of the found footage that's thrown into the movie, but it doesn't work. It doesn't give me, I at least I feel, it doesn't give me a better sense of the characters and it doesn't really seem to help me see how they're progressing. So if those are your two elements, if that's why it's in there, it may as well not be. If you only have that as an excuse for him to have the video camera, you don't need that. They're going on this trip. It'd be good to have somebody record things. I can only imagine how many batteries they must have taken, though. Quite a few. Because they were talking at one point, like being five days from civilization, and he seems to be recording every day there is one point later where he will say and i'll probably bring it up again later that jill can't seem to remember beyond starting on yellow brick road but i i've got a whole different issue with that so we'll we'll get to that when the time comes are you ready to jump into the hike yeah let's do it they start off by going to the cinema because that's where the gps is saying the trailhead should start this is an interesting moment on the second viewing. First viewing didn't really mean anything to me. The second viewing, it does make me wonder, is it actually the trailhead symbolically? Mm, I think so. Because of how much cinema seems to be playing into this. So maybe. There was certainly a part of me that went, well, it could be. And the first time, on the first time through, I thought, yeah, it probably is the trailhead, but that was 70 years ago. The town is not shacks anymore. This could very well be it, but apparently that's not the way they wanted to go with it. So they went in. The ticket guy is unhelpful. <laughs> that's the one with the Ghostbusters thing. <laughs> oh, where he references yeah, Egon. Yeah. Fuck you, Egon. But yeah, what a weird opening. But yeah, I think I think that's right. Even even I've only seen it once and I was confused by this part because I thought, okay, the GPSs are wrong and we see them getting more and more off course as we go into the movie. This movie really reminds me of a movie version. I keep on bringing up House of Leaves, but this is a movie version of the Navidson record part of the House of Leaves. You, you've not read it yet, but um, where they basically, the house, it defies space and time and they find a closet and they go into the closet and one of them comes back out 
in five minutes, one person goes in, comes back out after an hour, and they're like, where have you been? Like, oh, I just went in there. They go inside. It's, it's basically Narnia inside there. They go on a massive expedition into like this labyrinth. That's kind of what, what this movie, and that's maybe why I like this movie, because it reminded me of House of Leaves. But yeah, so the trailhead starts here, and it ends here. And I, yeah, I think you're right when you, when you said this the second time, it's like, this probably is the beginning. He ends up, Teddy stays, because for some reason he gets an intuition about Liv, the popcorn vendor. And That's right. so he, follow, he pays $10, he follows her in, he starts talking to her. She says something to the effect of, I'm not one of the angry ones. And she says, I'm not really angry, I'm just jealous because you're going to walk the road. But really, she could have at any time, but I, I guess that's not important. The thing is, she's jealous, she wants to go. They have a conversation in the projector room. And in that one, she points out the fact that they have old film canisters of Gone with the Wind and that Oz movie, which irritates me so much. <laughs> yeah, your movie's called Yellow Brick Road. You don't really need this in here. And this is one of the things that I'm really going to say that just pet peeve of mine for some reason with this movie. Every Oz reference just seemed out of place and shoved in here. And I didn't like it. I really, really didn't like it. And the second time through was just worse because they just jump out at you the second well at least for me they jumped right out of me the second time but essentially she says that her grandfather was around at that time and she could tell the stories which honestly not as important as the fact that she knows where the trailhead is and she doesn't tell the stories hmm? she doesn't tell them she does. does does she really though <laughs> well, well we'll get to that so <laughs> let's let's jump into the actual hike so they begin on the hike you see the stone trailhead that says Yellow Brick Road. They start with a group photo and then kind of the end of the first day, Daryl and Sire are talking about how he was the Camp Olympic fire builder or something. So they're building up this, I guess, fun antagonism, but it's mentioned here and then only when they use it later. So it's not something that they've actually capitalized on. This is the type of thing where you could get more out of it and they kind of don't there's a similar thing where they try to have a discussion as to whether encountering a moose or a bear would be worse but again i don't know it just doesn't seem to work for me melissa has candy which everybody's super excited about even though they just started today in the dark daryl comes back to the camp having found some old hat and he requests to wear it i think this is probably symbolic there's a bit of argument as to whether it could be old enough or not personally after watching it twice i don't really care anymore i don't think it's that important i think it does mark him as the first that's going to have a problem and so from the time he started wearing that hat it was just a red flag where i kept waiting for something to happen with him yeah yeah i mean it's not it's not uh it's not something that makes the madness come it's just yeah it's like a big target on his head basically <laughs> the next day Liv starts to tell stories from her grandfather but uh, here's where let's talk about it because this is my point in the note so yeah does she really tell them not really because they're lies they're all lies and in there she references oz again and walter's basically onto her from the beginning 
He calls Teddy and Melissa suckers. Teddy's like, well, let's wait and see. Daryl and Aaron are doing some map stuff. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Let's say they're plotting some sort of coordinates. Daryl's writing it down into a notebook. And it's at this point that Jill points out their GPS is broken. It says they're in Guam. Though, of course, it's probably not really broken. This is a Bermuda Triangle kind of situation, right? So the whole area is mystically altering all their... The island is moving. Yeah, it's, it's messing up their instruments. I will say, though, that this is one of the few gags that I thought did kind of work. This later, where are we now, Jelly intern? Yeah. Oh, we're 40 miles north of Florence. So then they all throw in these really bad Italian accents. Yeah. Or later, oh, we're in, we're in Melbourne. Like, yeah. I, I did kind of enjoy that. And I feel the movie could have been helped by having more of these running things to give, if not the individual's character, at least the group a character. But that's kind of it. I feel like that's the only real solid one that we get. The music starts. Now, at first, it's not music. They hear an unexplained sound. Teddy's trying to figure it out. Is it a wind tunnel? What is that sound? But very soon, it starts to become music. And I will say this. Here's one thing I think the movie does very, very well is interjecting montages, but not video montages, but picture montages. This is cheaper. Yeah. They only have to use a bit of video. It looks a bit classy because they're all black and white photos. And it does give us a sense. I, I think this gives us more of a sense of who everyone is than anything else in the movie. We're seeing what they're looking at. We're seeing what they're doing. And it looks good. So honestly, here is Indie Trick, and I like it. I I think it works very, very well in this movie. When it comes to the music, Teddy starts talking about theories. Theory one, solar flares, along with magnetism and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Two, human presence, like the FBI is trying to fool us. Yeah, so we got a CIA experiment. Three, collective hallucination. Four is the people of Friar and Jill the intern. Five, God. Yeah. Which Daryl teases her about, but I don't know. That that did work for me because, again, he seems to be in his character and that seems very much what he would do. Walter has suggested turning back. And this is where they make the reference to we are five days from civilization with gear, three without. Yeah, I didn't understand that. What does he mean by that? I was a bit confused by that as well. I think that it only means because they would be lighter. So, for example, uh, if they dumped the tents, they dumped all the heavier stuff and only kept food and water and just trudged through, they could maybe make it in three days. Okay. But I don't think anyone would really want to do that. Uh, yeah. So that'd be like a worst case scenario kind of thing. Yeah. Here's where, again, another Oz reference Uh one of the theories thrown out is that the people of Friar were walking perhaps toward a god or a wizard at the end who could give them all the answers or make the war go away, which seems really Oh, ridiculous. that's why he said it, because they were in the middle of World War Two, 1940. Yeah. Right. Ah, it just picked up on that now. Okay. But again, another Oz reference in it. Uh, it there are more. Oh, there are plenty. Here, it's after this point that we see Teddy crying during Walter's test. 
the he misses the music, which this is a weird thing for me because the music has only just started. So it doesn't feel like it should be such a part of them yet. Yeah. At this point, to me, it's just a curiosity. But I think he says that, but he's, I mean, to me, he's obviously lying. I think he's maybe the first one to be, because they're all getting, like, they're all being infected with this kind of madness, right? I think Teddy's the first one to get, to be really feeling it badly. I think he's crying because he's imagining all the ways that he's going to kill his wife. And he then says to the the psychologist guy, oh, oh, it's because of the music. Because I think, I think you're right. It's like, the music's just started, man. Come on, you can't miss it that much. I think he's lying. They all have different thresholds of when they break. Walter is the kind of stalwart one who lasts and goes out with some dignity, kind of. Teddy also is pretty strong, I guess. But he's the first, I think he's the first one to really be feeling it. Personally, I think you're filling in the gaps for them. I think you're adding a lot that isn't there. I think that it is as it as it's shown. I think that they are trying to say that Teddy is so obsessed with the music already. But we've barely been. Mm. And I'm going to point this out because I feel like a number of times they make reference to the music as though it's been there forever or they've been hearing it for days, but we don't get that sense of it. Sure. And so I think that, again... That's what's being thrown in here. We're meant to think they've been hearing it a lot, but we as the viewer haven't. We don't get that sense that they've been listening to it for a long time. It seemed to just happen. But that's fine. It's yeah. we, we can differ on that one. Both of them are, are good kind of uh, theories, I guess. But Walter says here, we can turn back. We have enough for the book already. I'm like, wait, Really? You went You went on a walk? <laughs> what kind of book are you writing? We went on a walk and we heard some music. The end. <laughs> That's it. They've got nothing. So I don't understand that at all. He does say he's scared for Teddy because Teddy's always reaching for the impossible. So I, I can understand that. I can understand more his concern for his friend as opposed to we have enough for the book. We don't. I don't know what kind of... Maybe to self-publish and sell for a dollar, but I don't think this is going to be the hit book that they think it is otherwise. Sai finds Daryl playing around with some berries. He's like, this is Belladonna, this is Nightshade, these are bad berries, and it makes a big deal about that. Then there's the drunk party, the fire race, all done through photos. It works, though it's, it's a bit weird. But again, here, another reference to the wizard and... There's no place like home thrown into the montage. And this is where really it's not even important to what's going on. And you're just throwing it in there. You've already called your movie Yellow Brick Road. You don't have to keep reminding us that Oz is in somehow an influence on you. We can let some of these go. And there is a part of me that's worried that there actually were a lot more and they cut some. Right. And these are just the ones that have remained, and they still feel like too much. It's at this point, like at night, where Liv comes to Teddy and Melissa's tent, and for no apparent reason at all, admits that she's been lying the whole time about her grandfather. I have no idea why. Do you? No. No. She says she grew up in Friar, and that those from Friar would understand it's not something you could write a book about. So she says... Liv does this a lot. She makes these vague comments about 
being from Friar and what that means and how the people of Friar feel about the trail. But I feel it's just a mystery box because it's never really completed. It doesn't really answer any of our questions. It just seems to pose this question of what does that mean? And it's almost like they've just left it up to us. And that doesn't work for me. This is, for me, a huge gap that needed to be filled in some way that doesn't. I also, to be honest, at this point, I'm going to bring up the fact that Friar only had one survivor before. I don't even start, I don't even understand why it's a town. Sure. How did that happen? Did people go, oh, well, there are all these empty houses, we'll just take them over. And that's how it started? I mean, maybe, but... Otherwise, I don't even know why this place exists still. For me, Mm -hmm. I have labeled the next section of the movie, and probably pretty much right until the end, the movie goes off the rails. Because I have no idea why it does this. And it just just gets crazy. This is is my favorite bit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it is. Uh, Would you like to describe your favorite bit? Yeah. Um, Here's where... Aaron drops some equipment, and she's also really irritated that Daryl keeps wearing the hat. She takes the hat. She runs away, and her brother, or who I thought at the time was her husband, yeah, so he chases her. And this scene really works for me because it's really tense because they're watching it through binoculars as well. We don't actually get to see what's happening. He catches her, he kind of rugby tackles her to the ground, and then he hits her in the face pretty brutally with a rock, but again, it's not gory. You don't really get to see what's what's going on. And you see him like hitting her leg. And then that was when my jaw hit the floor. It's like, what the heck is going on? He's like tears her leg off. Like Yes. Alright, so this He for basically me, saws her leg off with a rock, man. This for me doesn't work. I love this bit. I don't see how in the world you could have gotten away with this. He's just hitting her with a rock enough. To pull her leg off? I mean, I guess... She's she, still alive. She's yeah. not dead. So I don't see why she would just be... Well, she's been bashed in the face with a rock. She's probably stunned. Like, you know, she's probably... But he hit her in, like, the jaw. Wow. Big rock. <laughs> I don't... I don't buy it. It seems totally ridiculous. It, to me, feels like we want to put a little bit of gore and shock value in the movie. Here it is. But... And if you... I don't know, crushed her skull in or something. It would make more sense. You're doing beating damage with a rock. You're not going to rip somebody's leg off. Yeah, I, I just rolled with it. I, I took it like it was a sharp rock and it, it cut through. And then he does actually pull it off, you know? So it's like, yeah, that, that whole scene, I, I loved it. It was it was shocking. It was gory. And yeah, maybe it, it, they were going for the shock value. But for me, it totally worked. I, I loved it because it did it, it. You know, a lot of things that set out to shock you don't. Or it's just like yeah, whatever. But the movie had been so slow up until this point, where maybe because this happened, maybe that's why I liked it so much. Because it was like, wow, something incredible just happened. Um, <laughs> it's not anything happened. Yeah, but yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Um, and yeah, the fact that it's, it's silent as well because they're looking at it from afar. The whole thing worked well for me. I think. So Aaron dies. And Daryl runs off. Melissa sends Teddy and Sai after Daryl, saying, bring him back. But you'd have to. Would you? I mean, I wouldn't be able to sleep well at night knowing he was just behind us. 
I'd want to find if a co- if I see a cockroach in my apartment, I have to find it, hunt it down, and destroy it. I can't sleep with that. If there's a, a a killer in the forest behind me, yeah, I'd want to find him. I understand, but I don't know the way they've tied him up later. Just seems I don't know. I I, I wouldn't feel secure that way either. And mm. clearly, at least in this case, it would have been right. So they do talk him out from behind the tree. He agrees to have his hands tied. He even says, I think that'd be a good idea because I think I've done something terrible. He doesn't seem to quite grasp what he's done. Yeah. Yeah. He knows he's done something wrong, but... And I I do like that. I think that that does work well for me. But it doesn't kind of work well with the fact that everybody else seems to know what they're going to do ahead of time. What Daryl seemed to come out of nowhere. He didn't sense it coming. So I think we need consistency here. Either... Daryl does sense what's going to happen and we need to see that coming up or we need everybody else to be kind of shocked by what they do. I think, I don't know, I, I, I'm going to give them that because they do explain that later on where the when the ranger says to the, uh, what's her name, Liv, and he's just like, you have to tie me up because I'm just thinking about all the horrible ways I'm going to murder you. Right, but that's what I mean. He knows... Like a day before he goes crazy. Yeah. But Daryl seemed to show no difference. I don't know, man. He changes for me. And it's like ever since I mean ever since he puts on the hat, and that's what that's what his sister picks up on. Like he's different. He's not he's not the same guy, I don't think. I get a distinct I don't, change in character from him. Do you? Yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, I feel like we never really got to know him well enough to know that there is a change in character. That's, yeah, I can agree with that, but Because him being antagonistic, that was him from the very first second we saw him. Yeah, yeah. But and I, this brother-sister antagonism just seemed normal. Mm. And this, especially when you realize they're brother and sister, this stop wearing the stupid hat just seems something a sister would say. It doesn't necessarily seem like she sees him as a different person. She doesn't actually say that. I feel like they're, if you want to say that that's there... and. Fair play to you. It could be there. But I feel like you're filling in the gaps for them on that one. I think that you're making it better than it is. Mm. Well, actually, now that I know that they're brother and sister, I thought they were husband and wife. So it's like, now that I know that they're brother and sister, that does seem a bit normal, to be honest. Um, also, I, I wrote down in my notes here, when they're behind the tree, when they're, when they're trying to talk Daryl out from behind the tree, I wrote down here, I'm sorry, but I really can't take the cool guys don't look at explosions get up the guy's wearing. He's got that Bruce Springsteen bandana wrapped around his head. Teddy, Teddy. He looks like um, the Saturday Night Live guy. And his Amber, yes. Yeah, he's identical. I'm going to put a picture up. All right, you, you do that in the video. Put the picture up. <laughs> um, he's identical, and it was just hilarious. I don't know why he thought that looked cool, but that does not look cool, man. You look like an absolute idiot. <laughs> anyway. Jill, the intern, freaks out. Then a bit later, she asks about the candy. This, of course, becomes important later. The music, there's a point where the music makes a very loud, static sound. Kind of, I don't even know how it sounds. I don't think I can make it, but... It's like a scratching record almost, yeah. And Sai says, I hate it when it does that. And I'm like, has it happened before? No. This is another time where I feel... This is where I'm really getting into the point where I feel that they... In the story, they've got it in their heads about how much the music's been going on and what it's been doing, but we've been shown 
virtually none of that. Do you think maybe it's been cut? It's possibly been cut, or it's possibly a scenario where the writers, and in this case also directors, they feel like it's in there, or they feel like they've shown enough, but to be honest, they haven't. And I really feel like if the music is so important, it should have been a key element earlier on. We should have been talking about it more. We should have been hearing it more. There just needed to be a lot more. And if you're going to say, I hate it when it does that, yes, you're implying that it, it's happened before, but we don't know why. We don't know if there's a pattern to it. We don't, th there's basically nothing that we're being told. And so the music, not only its source, but its purpose, pretty much everything outside of we're going to drive people crazy seems to be a mystery box. And why do we want to drive people crazy? Mystery box. This movie doesn't work for me because it sets up way too many of these things and it doesn't give me enough for me fun factor to make up for it. But at the same time, I mean, it's not bad enough to be enjoyably bad. So it's just, honestly, if I had watched it on my own, we weren't talking about it today, it would have been very forgettable. Probably two years from now, I'd go, oh, did I watch that movie? And I'd start to watch it again and go, oh, yeah, I did. And the fact that I don't remember it is probably an indicator of it's not good. Let's talk about Liv. So Liv, for, well, she wants to mark Aaron's body, I guess. Mm. Melissa is saying, Shane, you shouldn't go alone. It's like, I don't care. And she gets on their ATV. Yeah. And she's, she drives off and finds her way back. No problem. I don't know. I, it just feels a bit unnecessary. Again. Story-wise. No idea. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. You probably would want to mark the body so it's easier to find if they were to send, say, a helicopter to find it or something. But this argument. But they do bury her, though, don't they? No. Because they, well, they talk about burying her, then... I don't think don't they, they bury her. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Because I know she... Well, they obviously don't because she appears later. But I thought that was the whole point of marking her was so they can they could find her easy to bury her. I'm pretty sure they said something about, about burying her. If they did, I missed it. But anyway. I think that their focus was not on that. But yeah, why is it in there in the first place? Like, just skip that part. <laughs> um, There's a part where Daryl says the music is growing on him. This is, I believe, where he and Teddy are having their sort of secret discussion. And he wants, Teddy wants the information about the numbers, but um, I don't know enough about maps or cartography to know what the heck's going on with the numbers anyway. And it gets kind of worse because Daryl says something about the numbers make sense going forward, but they don't make sense going backward. Yeah. I don't have a clue how that would be possible. I think what he means is, and again, this is like, this is kind of, I can get around this because again, it's like House of Leaves or Lost or something like that, where it's like, as they're moving forwards, it makes sense. But it's, as soon as they turn around to look where they've come from, and then they start mapping their past, the numbers go crazy. And instead of walking for five miles, they've walked, when they look backwards, they've actually walked 20. Um, it's not to be thought about, I don't think. It's just to be accepted. It's one of those things. That's what I got out of it. But I guess in my head, and I'm probably wrong about this, but when he's talking about going back, 
I thought he meant just when he went back through the numbers, for some reason, they make sense going forward. But if you look at them, how to get back, they don't. But I, did, I wasn't looking at it as they're also marking where they came from. That makes a lot more sense to me. But I didn't understand that. And that's after two right, viewing. Right. So I feel like maybe they weren't quite as clear. If, if what they're trying to imply is what you said, maybe they just needed a slightly better way to say it. I think it makes yeah. Is what they're saying is is they walk forwards, everything's fine. But as they're almost at the edge of like some kind of weird time space distortion bubble, and then as they press forward, then behind them stretches out and gets warped and messed around with. That makes a lot more sense to me because in my head it was just he's looking at the numbers, and for some reason the numbers don't seem to work going backwards. But I mean, they would be the same numbers, so that's why I was. And I think essentially what he's saying is. We can't go back. Yeah, which is what I got out of it. But I just, there's a part of me that couldn't, the pedantic part of me that couldn't Let ignore the fact that, like, <laughs> how do the numbers work one way, but when you look at them again, they don't. Yeah, I was a bit confused. He says that the back page of his notebook will take Teddy to the end of the road. So Teddy takes it. Though, to be honest, I, I don't know what kind of knowledge Teddy has that any of these numbers would make any sense to... Don't look at me, man. (laughs) (laughs) The music. It now does patterns of stopping and starting. Very loud, super loud. They start putting cotton in their ears. Teddy's compass goes crazy. It's just spinning like mad. And people seem to be having trouble with balance. Or is it earthquake? I couldn't really tell. So the cinematography here, like you were saying, the way that they've added camera shake doesn't help. Yeah, it was very Star Trek. An enterprise, wasn't it? Like, but this, the thing is, if you take away the camera shake, then it's just a bunch of people falling all over yeah, the place, yeah, and it yeah. would look very silly. So I could understand why they wouldn't want to do that. Because have you ever seen Star Trek where it's been stabilized? No, no, <laughs> it's pretty funny. Yeah, and hard to take seriously, even <laughs> even with. So I understand that, but I'm very confused as to what's actually happening. Yeah, it was a whole bunch of weird. St- like decisions that they made there. I don't know if they were doing like a day for night shot in this part as well. I don't know if they were supposed to be traveling at night. Well, I think that the whole sky just becomes cloudy from this point on. Okay. It's just dark. Cause yeah, I mean, it looked like the typical kind of budget restraint day for night shot kind of thing. And, but I was confused. Like, are they, is it supposed to be that or yeah, is it? I don't think it's meant to be night. I think it's just supposed to be so cloudy. Right. That okay. It's very enough. dark. They find Aaron's body. Yeah. And another Oz reference. Oh, this is the most blatant one. I mean, I, I did like this one though. It was creepy as hell, man. This one this one was great. I liked it. Because I, I the thing was, I was waiting the entire movie for something like very blatant. And they all fair enough, they throw in language a lot, a lot of references. But this is the first time we see there was one scene, I think it might be after this, or maybe it was before that, where you get to see kind of like what looks like maybe a poppy field. Um, but this was the big one with the, you know, this way or that way, Scarecrow. And it's the dead body of this girl and her jaw falls off. It's creepy. I liked it. You know, yeah, it's in your face, but it's the only one for me that was blatantly in your face and worked well because it was creepy. If you want to do this, though, then there should have been at least two more. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If you're going to go for this, go all in. <laughs> Fair enough. But this is the only one we get. Yeah. 
and it seems blatant and unnecessary and i hate it i absolutely (laughs) hate it there's a hill of dead trees yeah which i guess is to prevent i guess is to prevent people going further giant giant beavers i don't know it's weird i mean you can just climb over it oh yeah because that's what teddy will do uh daryl uses the shock and the super loud noises as a chance to escape and he steals most of the equipment and their vehicle teddy still wants to go north to get answers but nobody else really wants that walter's saying we should go back south yeah and sigh who has a knife and makes a big deal about the fact he has a <laughs> he's knife. Really, he's really proud of that knife. Claims that Liv will go with him because she never should have been here in the first place and they're going to go west and they're going to go now. But it's not till night that they go. I guess it takes that long to sort out the equipment. Divide up the gear, yep. It starts to rain and then... in what I, I just absolutely don't understand. Teddy and Melissa have this night of passion. But why and why now? I guess, I mean, again... She keeps saying, stay with me, so maybe she's trying to bring him back from his obsession, but and the whole thing just doesn't work for me. So, does it work for you? Yeah, I mean, it works for me, like, why that happens and why he leaves her, because he obviously leaves her because he's plotting to kill her. That's Okay, that, I'll, I'll give you that one. That, you that, that, that. It has to be why he leaves her behind. She, on the other hand, though, maybe... Because none of the women seem to go mad in this movie. Yes, I do want to point that out. So... I think it's the it's the men that go crazy for some reason, um, and so maybe her having sex with him is a way to like connect with him on his basest instinct and try and get him to like you're saying just to bring him back because she knows that he's going to keep going. She's trying to stop him, um, but yeah, no women go mad. That's important. Apart from the girl, apart from the the intern, not really mad. Maybe, well, she, maybe, well, maybe well, she's we're going to get her very soon. <laughs> I I don't know. It doesn't work for me. I feel like there was a big part of me that felt they were trying to show this connection between the two of them that they had done a very poor job of showing up until now. That's a fair comment, to be honest. So, as we said, Teddy's going to go north alone. Teddy goes north alone. Just before he does, Melissa tells about a dream that is essentially going to be brought up at the end. So I'm not going to dwell on it too much now. It's so in your face. It really irritates me. But let's get to that later. Um, Sai is flirting with Liv, but poorly, like really poorly. He admits that the berries can kill you, but you have to eat a lot of them or something. And he says that they can get you high, but they'll give you a rash. So, of course, they get high because that's exactly what you want to do when your life is on the line and every second counts. It... It's just so dumb. I hate this whole bit. <laughs> I mean, again, like you can put it all down to the madness. Like it's they're not acting. They're not acting. They're not. They're not themselves. You know. So it's like, yeah. All right, but he's not himself. We've already said that the women don't go mad. So Liv should have known better. True, but she seems like the kind of person that would do that, though. Possibly. He says he's going to, like the before, can I touch your hair? Yes. Okay. I'm going to kiss you. She says no. Nope. And Liv says that the trail is a way out, which I don't know if that means death. Again, this is another time where she's brought it up vaguely and we're not really sure what she's talking about. 
She says, you think the trail understands you and that the worst part is that it does. So I guess it can read minds. And as much as I like to come up with theories and stuff, like one of my main problems with this is, you know, I like Lost. I'm going to admit that because it does have an ending and it is open. But it's got lots, there's lots of room for interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's putting it very mildly. But yes. it does give you something. This movie doesn't really give you anything. And it's just like, no, no, you, you make it up. It's like, whoa, really, you're giving me nothing at all. Like, that's a bit much, even for me. I get art and stuff like, yeah, you, you're supposed to interpret it how you, how you want to. But you should have a finished product in place and this movie doesn't seem to have that okay here it comes <laughs> this is my favorite part of the movie <laughs> hands down melissa finds the candy and jill like starts to go crazy on it and she seems like a petulant child <laughs> after <laughs> she's told no we have to ration it and she just seems unhappy so after the other two fall asleep she steals it and she just goes crazy <laughs> She's just shoving it in in a way I've never seen before. Augustus Gloop. <laughs> Very much so. And the next day, they're walking on, and she's just saying sorry over and over again. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And they're either ignoring her, or they just can't be bothered anymore. She just turns and jumps off a cliff. And the thing is, I saw it. You, saw, you see that coming, because you're like, I was like, is he going to push her off? Is that, is, someone's going over that cliff. <laughs> it's like... The cliff is a bit too obvious. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. This is my favorite part of the movie by far. Because if you watch the way that she jumps, it looks so fake. Oh, it's... it's... It looks like she's just been photoshopped <clears throat> and her image has just been dropped straight down. I think if you watch it slower, I do think her arm moves a little bit. But it looks so bad. This could have been done so much better with a simple trick of the angle being behind the cliff and her jumping off something that looks like it's a cliff, but it's not. But instead, they opted for this really poorly done CG. That oh, it, it looks to me like Super Mario Brothers when you <laughs> fall down a pit, but without obviously her bouncing up after dying. Yeah. But it just looked... So bad. There's a bit in Star Wars in the the episode one when when uh, Obi Wan and Qui Jin Qui Gon Qui Gon are they're in like some kind of air duct and they're jumping into yeah. the base. That is exactly what I thought of when I saw that. It was terrible, man. Terrible CGI. I rewound and watched it three times <laughs> because the first time I was I couldn't believe what I had seen. Right, because. Yeah, some of the other CG stuff, like the jaw falling off before, wasn't the best. It was all right. Yeah, it was it fine. It wasn't like this. Yeah. This was something like out of Birdemic. I was just <laughs> dying laughing. So I watched it like three times, and then even the second time. This moment just cracks me up every time. And honestly, I would have enjoyed the movie more if it was this bad the whole time. Right. And this is the problem. Is it... it Again, as I've said before, it's that medium road. If it was this awful all the time, I would love this movie for how bad it is. And it's not good enough for me to like it for its good quality. So it's unfortunately hit that mediocre medium where I put this scene, though. I love it so much. 
We cut back to Sai, and he's. this is where he's talking about the music will make him do unspeakable things. You have to tie me up, and you can't kill me with a knife. You have to break my neck. Yeah, what? I didn't really understand that. And to be honest, it's like, yeah, you'll find the strength to do it. It's like, no, you won't. That's could be pretty hard to do that. <laughs> I was honestly expecting some kind of botched job where you're like, ow, 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 no, stop, don't, you know, like maybe something more brutal than what actually happened, but she just comes in and rambles that guy, man, at the end. Well, it takes her two tries. Yeah. But yes. Jill's death, it just cracks me up because it's also just apparently unnoticed. It's never referenced again. She's walked off the cliff, the intern. Oh, the intern, yeah, yeah. She jumped off the cliff. And they don't say a word about it. Yeah. Not like, oh, where is she? <laughs> Nothing. She's just totally unnoticed, which is something that she had said, like, you guys don't notice me. Well, yeah. And there you go. But like you said, we don't know if it's the craziness or if it's just who she is. I think that's more who she is. Would she be the type of person to steal all the candy anyway and just jump off a cliff? Feel, feel bad about it. Get the cold shoulder. Yeah. I don't, it's I don't too, know. It's too much for me. Anyway. Um, so Walter kills himself and films it and asks Melissa to stay with him. Like, go ahead and watch. On film. Yeah. yeah. It's just so weird. I do feel like they're trying to say that Walter is in love with Melissa. Yeah. I, 100%. Yeah. But it's not exactly clear. There was a part of me that wondered if he was in love with Teddy. But I think that the look they give each other, I think we're meant to believe it's Melissa. And that whole conversation about why didn't you find anybody. But mm. it just, I don't care enough about him or her to really care at this point. So I'd rather we just skipped all that. It just feels like we want to put it in there because it's going to be meaningful, but it wasn't. Is at this point we get yet another Oz reference where uh, something about I'm going to click my heels and go. And... She's watching the video and she keeps hitting stop over and over again, but I didn't understand why. Was that trying to keep him alive? So let's get to Teddy, who we've nearly forgotten exists now because we've been <laughs> so obsessed with everyone else. Teddy is just basically crawling. crawling. Yeah, He's got blood coming from his nose and ears. There's a very brief staticky message between Teddy and Melissa, but I don't think either one of them really hear each other. No. By coincidence i'm gonna say daryl is in the cave behind melissa and has been this whole time weird <laughs> and he warns her i'm gonna come out and i'm gonna kill you and she says does it have to have a lot of pain and so, he says yes, yes. <laughs> it's just so weird at this point that was pretty creepy though as well that was fair enough it was, it was a bit of a coincidence but again that's the whole reason why i would have found him in the forest in the first place because i wouldn't want that psycho stalking me but Liv is how does she kill him again? She, well, she's basically going to town on Nightshade when she finds the ATV. And then, for some reason, and this I don't understand, after killing Melissa, Dell's just crawling around. But he didn't seem to be injured. So I don't know why he's crawling around. But she basically just walks up behind him with a machete. And she oh, that's right. Yeah. But, I, again, I don't understand why... Yeah, because yeah, he says my knee, yeah, he says that it's I've hurt my knee or something like that, doesn't he? At some point, when he's coming out from behind the tree, he's got an injured knee because he's limping. Yeah, but why is he crawling? Exactly, I don't know. No idea. 
basically Liv decides it's over, so she's just eating more berries. Death by nightshade. So we go to Teddy, and Teddy tries talking to Melissa by the walkie-talkie and says, oh, you should go home, you should be happy with Walter, which I don't know if he senses the romantic tension or what, but he's like, don't even think about me, and in time, you won't even think about me enough to hate me, and that's it. I think it's meant to be a powerful, meaningful speech, but it just felt stupid to me. It really didn't work. Again, maybe, because I don't know these characters enough to care. So we get (laughs) Teddy crawling to the cinema. He walks in, and we get the parallel to scene one. Am I the only one here? No, sir, I'm also here. I run the picture show. Um, Teddy asks about the other people. Oh, they no longer require help. He doesn't say because they're dead, but Mm. I guess we can infer that. He does say, I've seen Mrs. Barnes. She made it to the end, but there are so many ends, whatever Whatever that that means. means. I don't know if it's like parallel universes or there's so many ends because everybody else is dead from the group at this point. Oh, we didn't mention one thing, though, before mm-hmm. this scene where we actually see his hand, the the the, the uh, cinema owner's hand, come in and drag away a body from the field. Yes. Um, which is bizarre in itself. Yeah. Like, how? What? <laughs> I don't understand that at all. Uh, the cinema is showing a movie called counterclockwise the victors and i think the bell house is coming up i've tried to look those up i think they're all made up okay much like uh at the beginning when we see modern friar is showing a movie called nova there is a movie called nova but it came out i think three years after this movie so unless they're predicting the future (laughs) i don't think so but he says the usher says enjoy your picture show and then as teddy's walking in Dasha yells at him? Yeah. Take your seat, sir. Yeah. He gets really angry all of a sudden. (laughs) Seems so out of place. The movie starts. There's loud static, which hurts Teddy. And then Melissa starts to speak. Now we see Melissa essentially as a scarecrow. And if you pause at all during this, it's just such a Photoshop onto this image. Oh, it's so bad. It's really bad. Which... If you give me a good movie, I'd forgive, but you haven't. So now I'm not forgiving this one at all. It just looks bad. And she basically is describing her dream again, but we're now seeing it. Uh, This is our home. The grass is black. The sky is choked in smoke. All the people have disappeared. This is our home. Teddy screams. End movie. Yeah. I hate this ending so much. I hate this ending. I think the ending, yeah. I mean, I don't know what they were doing with this. I mean, basically, I was like, so is this hell? Is is this Teddy's kind of punishment for something he's done? If so, what was it? Can't go with that theory, really. Is this the um is the is the Usher guy some kind of demon? So like is this like is this like a Lovecraftian kind of weird uh, god thing but just no tentacles in the movie? Don't know. Not enough to go on, really. Um, is this is this a movie about people in movies? Is Teddy just a movie character, uh, and he's trapped in his own movie? Like, don't know. Not enough to go on. That's that's my problem. Is like, there's too many things that you could say. This, this movie feels unfinished to me, and this ending is awful. Like, it is 
it's just wrong, man. It's just, it doesn't give us anything. And that's, I, I would agree. I would say that that's my problem. I don't get characters that I really care about or that I really understand. I feel like I don't get what this music is, what its purpose is, what it's really doing, other than apparently driving the men crazy. I mean, an interesting point is this came out. This came out in two thousand what? Two thousand eleven. Ten. Ten. Resolution came out in two thousand twelve, and re- this is basically. I think this is well. It's tough to not make that comparison because yeah. I've been trying not to. Yeah. But because it is. I don't want to go. Oh, but Resolution kind of did this, but so much better. And that's exactly what I was just about to say. Resolution does this much, much, much better. Because it has an ending and it has good characters. And yeah, it's just uh, infinitely better. And like I said, I even wrote down, yeah. Strangely though, okay, so Yellowwick Road 4.7 and IMDb. Resolutions are still only got 6.3, but still a lot, it's still doing a lot better. But even though, even with all that said, like, I still like Yellowwick Road. I liked it right up until the ending. Like, the last 10 minutes could be cut, in my opinion, or replaced with something else. I think it needs to be replaced. I think if you leave it, empty if it's just teddy saying i need to go find what it is forget me and then crawls off you go what that, that's the end well like, that would, I, I don't to be honest i, I think it would be that better, would be better than what we got but i still wouldn't be happy I, uh, would, I would still be kind of just as critical to be honest i think yeah i mean well i've just kind of written off the last that the whole cinema ending like i've just written that off as you take the whole book end off yeah <laughs> The cinema at the beginning, the cinema at the end is gone. Yeah, it's gone. And so for you, Teddy is just crawling off. The forest, yeah, just like off to see the wizard. And who knows what the wizard is, but it's better than that. Take your seat, sir. Like, who the hell are you, man? Like, what's going on? Well, apparently he's the wizard or something. Well, that's it. I mean, and also, I'm pretty sure, maybe just a budget thing. But he's obviously the guy that gives him the, the, the case file at the beginning. To me, anyway. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. Yeah, and I don't... I don't think that that's even a budget thing. I think they would have done that either way. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the whole loop thing. You know, it goes from start to finish. So it's like, but yeah, what is going on? Um, I've written down some stuff. Um, yeah, go for it. This is this is what I'm counting on because if I'm going to get anything out of this movie other than the joy of watching Jill fall on that cliff <laughs> and how funny that was, it's got to be your theories so give us some. there's not much honestly there's not much to go on first of all have you have you played Colat? i haven't no this movie is basically Colat, or it, it really reminded me of that it's based it's like i'm pretty sure this is one you've recommended maybe i don't play because yeah. you think i won't now if yeah. you're saying this is like that then maybe <laughs> you're right um Colat's not a bad game it's just really hard but it's basically you walking through the wilderness trying to find out why all these people went missing identical just thought that was interesting. I did do a little bit of internet stalking on the guy. So the guy, which guy? Um, the um, what's his name? Jesse Holland. Jesse Holland is that the director or one of the directors? Yes. Right. Jesse Holland. I don't know if we should put this in because this is kind of creepy. But <clears throat> okay. Well, we we can talk about that. I will say just before you jump into that, there was that article I sent you. The oh yeah 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 the, the interview the, the gushing article. Yeah. Oh oh <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't handle that. I I did send that to you just because I wanted to say that there are people who do who do love this movie. Oh, and yeah. I think that that guy interviewing them probably did, but he was saying such over the top things 
like with most horror it's fast food but this is gourmet or something and i went oh you settle down (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i think i read a couple of like things with him where he's talking about they went out to capture a mood that's the problem this is this is this is the problem his main focus was he wanted to capture dread and so their idea was wouldn't it be cool if you were in a forest and you heard music that was his idea like that was it yeah, and that so, was in the article yeah, interview as yeah. well. Yeah, and so it's like, whoa! So you didn't have a story then? Right? <laughs> well, see, the thing is, when other people say that, that was their inspiration for it. I'm sure that Brooker, when it comes to Black Mirror, there are a lot of times where that's about all he's got to go on, but he comes up with something much more. The problem is here. I feel like that's where most of the creative process ended. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, one thing, one theory that I've got going that I thought was pretty interesting is I'm pretty sure, and people can correct me on this if I'm wrong, but at the end of the movie, you get to see a picture of a friar. And... Where is that picture? It's at the end of the movie. They show you it... Is it in the cinema? Maybe, maybe. Um, But it's right at the end. It's right at the end of the movies. And... There's, they stay, there's a couple of shots. There's like a shot of like the town people, important people. And then there's a close up of like three or four guys. One of the guys, I'm pretty positive that he is the ranger that joined them in the first place. And he's the same age. And it's kind of like one of those uh, shining kind of moments where he's, he's always been at the Outlook. And he's been there for many, many, many years. And this is a whole looping kind of, movie thing like i can get behind this I, I like this ending i like this idea but they could have done more with more with it but i'm pretty sure he's in it but i don't know why they plugged the oz kind of yellow bit road thing it could have just been they, they could have just called it um friar that could be the name of the movie and then they could have thrown in some oz references and then we could have pieced it together ourselves you know like that I don't know why they went so blatantly over the top. <laughs> well, I don't know why it had to be so blatant and then blatant again within the movie. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's like if they called it something else, not Yellow Big Road, and then throw in some Oz references, oh, that's clever. Like, I get what they're doing here, but calling oh, it this... Yellow Big Road makes it way too like, They're doubling down on, on that, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I've got no idea. This is like... I'm just kind of stumped by this movie. And it's not that I can't come up with something. I could... But I just feel like I shouldn't have to, because it's not really giving me anything to work with. Right. Do you know what I mean? No, and <laughs> That's probably how you feel about all, the, all the stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Everything that we talk about where I tell you that you're filling in the gaps, this is what I'm trying to tell yeah, you. Yeah. But, but this is different for me. You know, this is like, I, I, love, I love the theories on other movies because they do give you a lot of material to work with. But this is just like, like, and they've even admitted it, like, this movie isn't a story it's it's made to convey emotions it's like but that's for me a a real downfall because without the story i'm not feeling the emotion there are a handful of movies that can probably pull that off i think barton fink is one of them uh possibly hudsucker proxy but there's more to it this one, like you said, I don't, I agree. I don't feel that there's enough there for me to feel that I've truly been given a complete story or characterization. There's, there's nothing here 
to really make me feel like I've watched a complete story. Yep, and that's it. It's like, if you're going to be lazy, then I'm going to be lazy. Gaps filled are more gaps created.